Hello, and welcome back to the Wishing You All podcast, where we help you navigate your wellness journey each and every week. I'm Amy Albero. And I'm Catherine Van Eyck. We're both licensed therapists and excited to talk about some wellness today. This week on Wishing You Well, we're continuing our discussion on attachment styles. And if you haven't listened to or need a recap for part one, which if you haven't listened, go listen, because there's a lot of great details on attachment styles where we discussed all four of them, typical behaviors that are attributed to each in adulthood and in our relationships. And in part two, we'll be peeling back the layers behind each attachment style and help you figure out what to do once you've once you know your attachment style and ultimately how to become more secure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about this because um I feel like this is like the the age age old question. But before we do, let's let's check in. Catherine, how are you? Uh what's self-care been like? What, what's on your menu? On my menu. Okay, so first of all, I'll answer your first question, how am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes along with my self-care that I am choosing off of the menu today, which is an appetizer. Because I know that I mentioned a little while back about being more honest about where I'm at in pregnancy and like, how am I feeling? Because in that first trimester, I wasn't sharing. So like, I'm going to be upfront. It's been really, really good for the most part in this second trimester. And like, I'm almost nearing the end of that, which is wild. But every now and then, don't feel so hot. Don't feel so great. And sometimes I'm like, why? Like, this is the second trimester. This is like, great. What? Why am I having a little bump in the road here? <laughs> why do I have all this indigestion again? This isn't fun. So I've been experiencing that a lot this week where I, it seems like no matter what I eat, that I'm just getting this like aching feeling in my stomach. And I thought I'd kind of also like mastered what to do when that happens. And some of the things that I'd been doing like weren't working. So I was like, extra frustrated by that and extra frustrated by that not going away. But then I read something earlier that actually was like, well, when your uterus expands and your baby like pushes up on your stomach, it's like a whole different thing. I'm like, okay, so we can have another round of this. (laughs) So a couple of things I've done this week that are my appetizers are um, making sure I walk after my meals uh, not every meal because like who has time for that, but making sure when I can walk after a meal that I am, because that seems to really help me. And then there's this little store um, in town that has this healthier ginger ale drink that that also is really settling. So I've been getting that. And then a new one that I looked up was drinking some apple cider vinegar in your water. And so I actually did that today and that helped so much, like immediately. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. This is so nice. <laughs> I just saw that on so, Disney, by the way. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Yeah. Just just today. Sorry. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. Um, um, or, or it's at least working for me. And so, yeah, those are my appetizers. I'm just like finding the little things that I can do to make myself feel just a little bit better. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah, that's good. You're getting some relief. And it sounds like having the like the knowledge about like why this is happening now, like helped a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was a little, like, you know, it was validating because mm-hmm. at first I was like, 
I didn't think anything was wrong. I know that <laughs> plenty of things are changing in my body all, mm-hmm. all at once, but I was still like frustrated by it. And so mm-hmm. knowing that that could be the reason that that really did help. Right. Right. Yeah. She's growing. <laughs> she's, she's growing. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you're finding um, some small, small ways to feel, feel a little bit more like yourself. Yeah. Thank you. How about you? How are you? What's on your menu? Yeah, I'm good. I know the last time we um, met, I, I was sharing that I like felt like I'm finally out of this funk that I've been in. And so that's kind of continued. I feel like I feel like I have a lot of energy, which I'm sort of laughing at because I just was complaining how tired I was before I started recording. But overall, I feel like my energy level is is higher. I just feel like more like myself, which is which is nice. Um and I feel like I haven't been able to tap into to her in a while. So I'm doing good. And in terms of my self-care, I have two things, a main course and a self-care treat. And for my main course, our listeners know I go to therapy. We, we love therapy, but I haven't seen my therapist in person since March of 2020. And actually right no after... Way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. And she's been, you know, open for business for a while. And I've just been kind of like saying to her and to myself, like, oh, it's just like not as convenient to like go to her office. She's like about 30 minutes away, maybe a little bit more. And um, and so I've been like kind of making all these excuses. And and more recently, I think I've just thought to myself, like, I'm using telehealth as a crutch. Like I really am someone that would really benefit from being in person. And so... I'm going after this. I'm going to see my therapist for the first time in real life in over three hey. years. So I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I think it'll be good. As as we discussed in our first attachment um, episode, I'm an avoidant person. And so <laughs> telehealth gives me so many ways to hide. And so I, I like really, really want to dig into therapy and being in person, I think will help that. So that's today. And then tomorrow, I forgot months ago, I made plans with one of my best friends to go to an aerial yoga class. And the date has arrived I'm going tomorrow. And I've never been. I'm really excited. Oh my gosh. Can you like take videos or something? I want to see. I'll try. I don't know. But I mean, I think I'll be all like spun up and like ropes or whatever it is. Silk or we'll have someone else record. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll have her. I'll have her. <laughs> take some video videos of me but i'm really excited i'm a little little nervous for that too because i've never done it before but it's been something we she and i have been talking about for like years and so again covid shut everything down they were um kind of back open again and we finally you know adult friendships when can you find a couple of hours yeah so that's that's what's on my menu look at you getting out of your comfort zone in both of these i know well i think that definitely also demonstrates like I'm just feeling so much better. Like I'm feeling like able to get out of my comfort zone. So I know I'm really pushing myself this week. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't your therapist like closer to where I live? Yeah. 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 She's not. She's so, like not super next, local. Next time you go, then you can <laughs> hang out with me after. <laughs> I know. I'll let I'll keep you posted. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we hope that you all are checking in on your self-care, checking in with how you're doing too, just like we do every week. Um, But now that we have, are you feeling ready to dig into today's episode? Yes. There's so much more to talk about with attachment. So we have to, we have to say all the things. Yeah. We have to jump in. Living, living, and well, is put together. We feel it. So kind of just to recap for everybody, maybe you listened to the episode a while ago, maybe you haven't totally listened. But again, we definitely recommend listening to that one all the way through because we go through all each attachment style. We talk about anxious attachment. We talk about avoidant. We talk about secure and we talk about disorganized. So all four of those are in there and we go into them in pretty good detail. I'd say anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and knowing your attachment style is, is really, really helpful and really relevant especially if you do keep finding ourselves in kind of the same sort of dating or relationship patterns and knowing your attachment style can also help you like learn more about yourself, pick a good and healthy partner. Just like it's it's good to know. It's really, really good information. And, you know, attachment styles, what, what they really boil down to is the relationship that we have with our caregiver as a child had an impact on our relationships or has an impact on our relationships as adults, especially in our romantic life. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And as, as Catherine said, there are four of them and there's so much detail in attachment styles part one. So check that out. But just to give like real quick, super fast overview of each one, there's the secure, securely attached person, which is what we all strive to be, they are consistent. They treat their partners well. There's no game playing. There's no drama. They're, they're exactly as it sounds, really secure. An anxiously attached person is, as that sounds, pretty anxious. Their, their attachment system is really, really sensitive. They might feel like this urge to hyperconnect and that when they are not with their partner, get really, really anxious and really, really activated which could cause them to kind of act out in ways to get more connected or get more attached to their significant other. And we'll get into that in a little bit. And a more avoidantly attached person, again, just like it sounds, really feels so uncomfortable with the idea of closeness and being connected with someone. Vulnerability is really, really tough. And so when a relationship maybe gets a little bit more serious, their attachment system gets activated and then they pull away. And there is a lot of um, conflict within an avoidantly attached person about whether or not they actually need a relationship. So that's, that's a big component of an avoidantly attached person. And then a disorganized attached or a fearful avoidant attachment person, someone with that um, attachment style or attachment system is a little bit more complex. They don't really fit into the above three patterns, but they have traits of both anxious and avoidant. They feel like they do need a partner and that they need love, but they tend to be really insecure. So when things get close, that's when they also, and intimacy gets too much, that's when they tend to pull away too. So they're a little combo of the first two. So again, very, very, very quick overview of the four, but that's, that's, that's what we're starting with today. Yeah. Well, and some interesting things to note about some of these, like when you are, for someone who has an anxious attachment style and who is dating, they might do better with like playing the field in a way, like not fixating on on exactly like 
you know, like let's say swiping on one person and focusing on that one person for so long, but rather keeping their options open and keeping them, keeping their mind occupied on multiple different people. Because when they're focused on one person, that's where those anxieties really get heightened. And so you might be like really focused on, is this person getting, going to get back to me soon? Like their response, I'm, I'm overanalyzing it now because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Whereas if you are talking to multiple people, you can spread that out a little bit and it, it feels a little less, less anxiety provoking mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. That makes, makes a ton of sense. And this is something that you you um, had said before about situationships that I think it would be helpful for our listeners to hear. Can you can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So so again, if you are someone with an anxious attachment style, a situationship would probably not be working for you, <laughs> and that's and that's that might be obvious to some people, but for for others, your anxious attachment in a situationship, it is more likely than not with somebody who's avoidant. And when an anxious attachment and an avoidant attachment are attached together, (laughs) when they're dating each other, this is not a recipe for a very successful relationship. And so when you are in this situationship, there aren't these boundaries that are, that are clearly drawn up. So if, if you do find yourself feeling more anxious, those boundaries are really helpful for you. But those boundaries can't be drawn up in a situationship where labels and 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 boundaries aren't really existing, at least in like a communicative way. And so that's going to be really difficult for someone with an anxious attachment because they do really well with boundaries. They do really well with communication. And both of those things are just not happening in a situationship. Right, right. And I, I feel like people with an anxious attachment style more often find themselves in situationships because again, that eagerness to connect. And I'm saying this kind of flippantly, but like they'll kind of like, I just want to take what I can get, like just like knowing that I have someone or something that is thinking about me that I can call or text, even if it doesn't actually feel secure or isn't actually fully what I want in terms of a committed relationship, it's, it's something that I can hold on to. So it, it definitely doesn't help with it. It's just, it's a situationship. That's even a funky word. Like it's not anything that you can really like hang your hat on as well. There's no, yeah, it's, it's hard to define exactly. Um, so it's not as healthy for, or helpful for someone with an anxious attachment to, to get involved in. But as you're saying, it's an avoidant attachment styles dream. Yeah. Right. Right. Because someone with an avoidant attachment, doesn't like to set those boundaries, at least with, with words, they're setting those boundaries with actions. And a lot of those actions for, especially that anxious person is going to be through ghosting or like not responding in a timely way and not being upfront with, with people. So that those, those do tend to work in their favor, especially because in a situationship, there are a lot of like there's like no strings, right? So it when when you're avoidant, you don't like conflict. And in situationships, you're you're putting up this wall to essentially keep yourself from 
from having conflict. And if there is conflict, then you're probably ending the situationship because as soon as there is conflict for somebody who's avoidant, they're thinking like, all right, well, this person's not the one for me. They're then like, there's no point to this anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, some other things to note about somebody who might have an avoidant attachment is that they're, as much as boundaries aren't being clearly set up, there are a lot of expectations there where they're expecting their partner to understand them. They're expecting there to be no conflict. They're expecting them to give in to whatever the avoidant person wants. Um, so like there's no compromises and, and they're expecting the other person to just to want to be as independent as them. So they want to, if, if they do get in a relationship, they don't want to lose any of that independence. They're not willing to again, compromised. And so they're just expecting their partner to follow suit, like follow suit with that. Yeah. Like, I guess like you're defining a fuck boy essentially, or fuck girl. I don't want to gender it, but that's, that's essentially what you're, what you're describing. I mean, like like to the extreme end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in In a way the, the avoidant person is, usually like usually withdraws in in fights or when things get tough um or they're passive aggressive and imagine uh, when when it when paired with an anxious person that just activates the um anxiously attached person to just like go toward the the person and want to connect more and more and more mm-hmm. exactly so it can get really the person away like it is a it is a vicious cycle yeah so no no this isn't to say that these relationships can't work together um again we're like describing the most extreme of both of these things it's just that they can't work together unless what we're saying here today it unless you're working on it unless you're aware of your attachment unless you are actively trying to get to the root of it and not only play into your own beliefs and your own anxieties, but also your partners, Mm -hmm. because that's just as important. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm so happy that you, that you said that, like, and, and as we said in the, in the first episode, like, ideally, like if you are not a securely attached person, the goal is find yourself a securely attached person. Um, but that that's not always going to be the case. And as we also learned in the first episode, that many of the people that have a secure attachment are already in relationships. And so if you are dating right now, that chances are you're not going to meet a whole lot of securely attached people. But that doesn't mean that you can't um, form a healthy and secure attachment with someone. Um, and as Catherine's saying, like, having the knowledge, the awareness of what not only your attachment style is, but but of someone you're dating um, or your partner's attachment style can give you so much information and so much awareness about what's coming up for you when your attachment style is like activated and also how to navigate through some challenges or maybe miscommunications within your within your relationship. Right. And it all starts with defining your style. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and I think like, it's so funny because I, I feel like as a therapist, 
like often like people are like, okay, so like, I know what my issue is. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, what am I supposed to do with that information? And like, this is often like such a pivotal time, like in therapy, because the reality is like, yeah, like, okay, we've spent all this time learning about ourselves and like, now what? And this is like really where the magic happens, where the, where the, rubber meets the road here because yeah with knowledge is power but really with applied knowledge is is like really really where the power and the magic happens and so i do encourage our listeners as as challenging as it is to try to lean into like this knowledge as a way to empower you to like learn more about yourself to maybe practice ways to manage your attachment style differently. Like there's, there's a lot to be gained and learned here in order to get you toward more secure or a more secure relationship. Are you an empty nester or do you know one or two? This time in life is quite the shock to the system. Moms have just turned off a part of themselves that's been on for at least almost two decades, if not more. Many mothers at this point don't really know what's next for themselves, and that makes a lot of sense when a huge focus of yours has all of a sudden disappeared, or at least looks a heck of a lot different than it has. Because this can be such an off time, we've created a group for moms in just this position. Welcome to Embrace the Empty. One of Revive's incredible therapists, Christine Gigliotti, will be facilitating this group over Zoom on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. starting September 13th. Get all the details and sign up at the link in our show notes. And if you have any questions, email us at groups at revivecfw.com. That's groups at revivecenterforwellness.com. What's one thing to start with? Yes. Well, I think (laughs) I'm laughing because what do we always talk about? We always talk about self-reflection and self-awareness. And guess what? We're going to talk about it (laughs) now. (laughs) Because um, so once you have defined what your style is, it's really, really important to start to become more aware of when you're starting to see that attachment style get activated, how it is showing up in your interactions, in your reactions, in your relationships. So like, we always want to start with that self-awareness first, like, oh, like, is that like, I, um, I haven't heard from my partner. Um, I sent them a text at 10 AM. It's, uh, 1130 WTF. Like I'm freaking out. Are we breaking up? Like, Maybe that's an extreme example, but, or maybe not, I don't know, but like really try to notice when you're having these reactions that might tell you a little bit more about your attachment style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you begin to notice those and call them out for what they are, then that already takes away so much of the power that the attachment style seems to have over you. And, and like you were saying, and I, and I love the way that you said that, that that knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is really where the power is that, yeah, it's like when you start to actually take charge here, Mm -hmm. that's, that's when it gets so much, when the attachment gets so much less power Mm -hmm. and you get more. And even in, in doing that, that's such a, such a big step. Right. Well, and, and the other thing that we talked about in the first 
in part one of this is like, we're like, it's not our fault that we're this way, right? Like <laughs> that, like, you know, this is kind of um, our environment, the, the impact of our environment and the way we were pre- parented. That's what's really contributed to like how we've grown up and showed up. But like now that we are grown up and we have the information, like we do have a lot of agency and a lot of a lot more power and control than we did before. And I do think like, and and maybe that feels like a a heavy burden to carry, but I do think that as, as you were saying before, like kind of calling it out, actually externalizing it and, and saying like, oh, that's my anxious attachment style, or that's my avoidant attachment style coming up. And this is such a a big tool that we use in therapy too, to try to externalize it. So it doesn't just become like, oh my gosh, like this is just me. I'm such a mess. I'm such a disaster. I'm so needy. You don't need to make it your whole identity. It's just a part of you. And so to just call it out as you see it and label it as like, this is my attachment style. It makes it so much easier and more tolerable to work on. Um, And so that piece of it, I feel is, is really important. Mm-hmm. So, so as you start to notice these triggers mm-hmm. and your reactions, if you, if you're somebody that's anxious, then you, maybe you're seeing that as actually, I should, I should rephrase that since you just said that we're externalizing thing here. Uh, if you're somebody with an, ex- with an anxious attachment style, then you might notice that when when you're when you start spiraling uh, when somebody doesn't respond like like the example you gave, um, and if you're somebody that's that has an avoidant attachment style, then you might be responding passive aggressively, or you might be this person that's not responding to this person with the anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as you begin to, you know, piece out these things and 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 really see them. They, they really do become less a part of you or less, less you and just more a, a piece of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and if, if we're able to, to get that perspective as it's just a, a piece of me or it's less a part of me or to kind of like label it more externally, it again, gives us so much more information if we can kind of like take the emotion out of it. Because what I would then suggest someone does like, okay, so say we're using the, you know, my boyfriend hasn't texted me back in an hour and a half and, um, and I'm freaking the fuck out. Um, and so like, ideally, and this would take work to do, you would, okay, notice, okay, I'm getting really activated right now. This is my, um, attachment style. And then you would try to, find a way to ease the discomfort, try to find a way to self-soothe, whether that's, I don't know, doing any sort of coping skill that that is helpful to you, whether that's distraction, getting a drink of water, calling, maybe texting someone else, not your significant other, but really trying to manage your own stress response on your own. Because the other thing that happens with an anxiously attached style is that they are seeking that reassurance and that soothing from someone else. And so really trying to build the skills and build the tolerance around self-soothing. And it also gives a good opportunity to like check the facts, quote unquote, like, okay, they haven't answered my text in an hour and a half. Did I actually send something that 
needed a response? Was there a question there? Did something need to be responded to? Are they actually available to text me back? What's the worst case scenario if they do, like, so like, what am I really worried about here and trying to get really clear and more rational about what is, uh, what is getting kicked up in you? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, the fact check. That's a good one. And that's and something we talked about in our anxiety episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And overall, I think, you know, as we're, we're, we're talking about attachment styles, but I'm trying to be really clear in, in saying it as it's a, it's a response that gets activated because I think again, in putting it in that framework, it also gives us some information about what we need to do, which is really to regulate ourselves. We're, we're having a stress response to something. And so even the avoidant person that might feel like, I like this person, they just texted me, don't want anything to do with that. Really try to think about, think to yourself, like, what is happening? Like, why am I pulling away right now? Like, what, like, to really try to use it as information, to use it as information so that you have a sense of how to, again, regulate yourself and become less stressed. That is really what's happening. Your body and mind are stressed out. So how do we get less stressed and more grounded? I mean, just the way that you're describing that as the attachment style being a stress response is such a, it's such a great way to, to describe something that seems, that seems innate, that seems like so deep down inside of us Mm -hmm. and, and like this reframe of looking at it, of like, looking at it, like, this is how I respond in times of stress. Mm -hmm. Is, is, is like helpful in itself or what we're saying, like what to do once you know, and ultimately doing that is like a great step towards being, becoming more secure mm-hmm. to be able to suit yourself and regulate yourself. That's like the most secure thing you can do. Yeah. Another thing to really dive into. And I know that we talked about like, okay, so in therapy, for instance, you get to this point of like, okay, I get it. I, 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 I'm aware. And now what? Sometimes the now what is returning back to the, I get it. And like, it's less of like an actionable, like, all right, I got this tool now, but more of like, I'm understanding this more and more and being able to understand this more and more. It is empowering. And so if you take that step back, if you take, if you take, yourself into what does this attachment style what does it stem from and 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 like we said in, in our in our last episode and like what anybody can find out about attachment styles is like they're often from from our upbringing and from from our parents and so understanding the formation of it but then also the the belief system that we get because of that is going to be really helpful for us so that belief system for somebody with an avoidant attachment is going to be like, I don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I I can do it all on my own. And that it that is exactly what what we're saying. It's a belief system. It's not necessarily true. And so going back to the root of that belief system can help you to then rework it and and rewrite that narrative that you have 
made for yourself essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because especially with something like an attachment style um, that is literally ingrained in us from the third trimester of when we were still in our mother's womb, right? Like it is so ingrained in us. And so like, you're right. Then, then now what is like, yeah, let's, let's keep looking at it in a way because yeah, this is a, actually a core, a core belief, a, a hardwired response that takes so long to understand and all like truly understand and to see the ripple effect of its impact. And so much of that are the core beliefs that stem from, um, from our attachment style or the way our attachment system has been configured. And, and again, like an anxiously attached person or someone who has that style may very well think I'm not lovable or I'm not deserving of love. Or an, a more avoidantly attached person might think, I don't need anybody, or I can't count on anybody. And so I just need to rely on myself. And so a lot of what therapy looks like is unpacking those beliefs and trying to generate new or more accurate, more helpful beliefs about yourself. Right. Ones that will actually work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reason that you're trying to to re realign this whole thing is because it's it's not working for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it did. Maybe mm-hmm. it did when you were in your teens or in your 20s and and you're somebody with an avoidant attachment and it it was fine for you then. And now that you're maybe a little older and you're thinking about the benefits that could come of having a deeper connection with somebody but you're having trouble actually making that that next step and that commitment that you're realizing now, okay, like this no longer works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, as we're talking about this, you know, with attachment styles, oftentimes we think about them uh, like only as our relationships to another um, that is in that context. But another really key area in um, healing from your attachment style or becoming more secure is really starting to um, reflect on your own awareness of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about, you know, your ability to be loved, how you experience safety. Like it really does all come down to us because as we were just talking about these core beliefs about relationships also are rooted in core beliefs that we might have about ourselves. And so are really getting a a solid understanding of truly how this is showing up in your life and the way that it's impacted your self-perception is key. Right. Because your self-perception is what influences your your confidence Mm -hmm. level and and the self-worth that you have and being able to build on those will only get you closer and closer to being secure. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I I can't I can't imagine that an uh, a person that has an anxious attachment is also very confident, right? You're you're so right. Like a lot of it starts with us in a lot of ways, um, building building confidence in order to become more secure. So yes, it, it definitely starts with us. And at the same time, you know, 
while we're saying attachment styles are generated from our caregivers, and yeah, we can't pick our parents. We can't pick the environment that we grew up in. But as an, as an adult, when we have more power and more agency and more control over our life, we can pick who is in our life at that point and um, what can be really helpful in becoming more secure in healing your attachment style and attachment activation pattern is really seeking out relationships or models of of security and secure attachment and that those could be friendships those could also be with a therapist that they can be with um so many other people doesn't necessarily need to be with a partner or a significant other that there can be so much healing in uh in just having a, a really solid friend or friendship someone that you can rely on that is consistent um all those things that we described in in episode one about a secure uh romantic attachment can exist in a friendship and and having exposure to that um actually helps rewire your brain and so that that can be incredibly powerful that you don't necessarily need to be in a relationship romantic relationship with a secure person in order to heal I mean, it's so cool how we we do still model things for each other and we still like feed off of each other in that way that it can have that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. I know. It's very, very cool. Like, you know, the, the <laughs> yes. power of, of community yeah, and connection. I mean, it really is powerful. It literally re- rewires the brain. Like it is wild. Humans are cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know while your your awareness of yourself is growing another thing to add to that would be to create a way of communicating that doesn't have to be translated right like when we are feeling anxious or when we are someone who might avoid situations there's a lot of implied communication. And there's a lot of assumptions that get made. Um, Like going back to the example again of like, this person hasn't responded, you know, thinking, spiraling and thinking about what that could possibly mean. And yet also not explaining to this person, when I don't get a response from you, this is how I feel. And so when you build up that emotional vocabulary, you're able to actually deepen the connection with somebody else. You're able to really explain explain the feeling without having to actually express the feeling. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yes, for sure. It does feel like, especially um, toward the beginning when you were kind of describing some of the relationship combos, that there is a lot of like assumptions that get made. Like I think you were saying like an avoidantly attached person might like kind of expect that someone's going to read their mind or like expect that they might be okay with something um or an anxiously attached person might like just have like like of course the expectation is you're that you're going to respond to me in 30 seconds or whatever it is and so yeah building in the the language and communication skills around that is is so helpful and i know we referenced this before but working with a therapist is incredibly helpful to healing your attachment 
style, I was going to say journey. It is, it is incredibly helpful. And, and not only to have someone to bounce like all of this stuff off with, or, or to process some of these things, but you can learn a lot about your self, about your experience in relationships through your experience with your therapist. And so it's so like wild sometimes, like whether I'm in the seat of the therapist or in the seat of the client where sometimes maybe I'll ask someone something, this happened today, that I expressed like some amount of care to to someone that I'm working with who was kind of navigating through a hard time. And that person had such an overwhelming emotional response and we're, and having the ability to process like, what is it about someone saying something kind to me that brings up all of this feeling? Or why is it that, that when, um, I don't know, when I, when, uh, when you say that I feel like, Ooh, gross. Eh, like, I don't like any of that stuff, you know? Um, so it's sometimes helpful to kind of notice within like such the safety of the relationship between a therapist and you kind of what does happen for you and to talk about that with your therapist. And I said before, like I'm a, a person that has a more anxious, I'm sorry, a more avoidant attachment. And that is so much of my work in therapy is talking about how hard it is for me to be vulnerable and um, with, with my therapist specifically, not just in general. And that's being able to have someone to kind of practice that with is, is really helpful. Not that we, not that we have experience or anything <laughs> <laughs> on both, on both sides of the room. Right. <laughs> well, if you can do all these things, you're bound to be secure. You're good. You're good to go. You're good. You're good to go. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but you know, it, it is, it is a journey, right? Like, and that sounds so cliche when it comes to therapy or any sort of healing, but like to also have. Is it it just cliche for us because we watch The Bachelor and hear that over and over again? Or is it cliche to other people too? I I don't know. Please let us know. It's definitely a Bachelor cliche for sure. Um, but, but it actually is a journey and to be patient with yourself on it. When we're talking about things like attachment styles, again, they've been embedded in us from before we were even born. And so it's going to take a while for us to, to shift out of them, um, or to like not have setbacks. Like Catherine and I were both sharing in the first, um, set of these episodes that, while now, of course, like we, we are more secure, like there are definitely moments where like, I'm sure Catherine, your anxious attachment style, like gets activated. And for me, my more avoidant attachment gets activated. Like it's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's a process. And so to be kind of patient with yourself and not expect it to happen overnight, you're relearning and rewiring your brain, which is a big freaking deal and takes time. Exactly. So yes, definitely be patient with yourself. Did we do it? Did we, did we heal attachment styles? I think we did. I think we just created a whole army of secure people. (laughs) Yes. I do want to plug a really great book for those people that really, really want to dig more into attachment styles. The book is called Attached. It's wonderful. It's helpful for me as a therapist. I've recommended it to clients. I have read it. It's been helpful to me personally. I don't know. Catherine, I know you've read it. 
Yeah, no, I, I read it and also have recommended it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's so, so good. And even if you are in a relationship right now, it is also such a valuable read, again, to learn more about yourself and about your relationship. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend Attached. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link to it for you to go get it in the show notes. Well, okay. Well, thank you so much for... For listening, we hope this was helpful. We hope that it it did help kickstart your healing journey with your attachment style. Thank you for for following along. Um, do let us know. Let us know what you thought of this episode um, by giving us a rating and a review. And um, make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And in case you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel, Revive Center for Wellness on YouTube. You can check out full episodes of our podcast on YouTube. If you want to see what Catherine and I look like and see us actually emote (laughs) and the faces (laughs) that we make as we go through all of this stuff, you definitely can. And we also have um, full episodes of our weekly bonus podcast, Reactivity TV up on there. So go check that out. You can also follow us on Instagram at RevivecFW. You can follow Catherine at Catherine Van Eyck me at Amy Albero LCSW. Check out our website, revivecfw.com and send us emails to wishing you well at revivecfw.com. Until next time, we are wishing you well.